Orchard Hill. It is me, Larry the Campaign Guy, and I have been encouraging you for the last three years to do one simple thing. Let's all say it together now on the count of three. One, two, three, get her done! That's right. Three years ago, we commenced a stewardship campaign to roll up our sleeves and work harder than a squirrel in November to finish the work that the good Lord had placed before us. We took aim at four targets that we reckoned that if we hit, then all the transforming and life-giving ministry that the good Lord had for us to do, we could actually get her done. Those targets were to give 10 minutes of prayer, raise up 100 leaders, share the good news with 1,000 people, and raise $1 million to eliminate our building debt. Now, none of us would have ever guessed that after we launched this fear campaign that we would get knocked off course a bit by the, the coronavirus. That thing just kept going around Around and around. But even through that time of masking up and having nothing to wipe up with, the mighty people of Orchard Hill Church forged ahead to do what now? On the count of three. One, two, three. Get her done! <laughs> well, today we mark the end of that campaign. And we'll see how we fared and, well, some of you will be sadder than a trick-or-treater with an apple. Because as this campaign ends, this will be my last time encouraging you all to, uh, well, let's say it one last time. I, I'm going to miss you on your hill. Encouraging you all to the count of three now. One, two, three, get her I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to miss that guy. They're like, we're going to get it done just so we don't have to see that guy any, anymore. Uh, we, we had a theme verse over these uh, during this Get Her Done campaign, and that verse was found in 2 Corinthians 8. And so I want to turn to that and just read those verses together. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 8, and I'm going to read uh, part of uh, 10, and then 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians 8. 10, 11, and 12. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth here, and he says uh, these words halfway through uh, 10. He says, last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, without a question, this passage right here is about finishing the work. And the work that Paul is talking about here to the uh, Corinthian church is the work for them was of, of raising funds to help support really the pauper Jerusalem church. The church in Jerusalem was living in poverty, and so Paul was going through the Macedonia region, talking to his churches and saying, hey, we need to take up a collection to help those 
poor folks that are living in Jerusalem. And so what we see is that it, what Paul did is that he recruited the church to do it, and they were very eager to get after it. He says, you had an eager willingness to do it. And sure enough, this church, as we read, he said, you were the first. They signed up. They said, let's do it. Let's help our brothers and sisters living in Jerusalem. We'll give money. We will support them. And so now Paul is circling back almost a year later, and he's checking in on them to see if they are still eager, if they're still willing, and if they're still getting it done. They came out of the chute eager to do the work. And that happens, doesn't it? You, you get a project and you get really eager to do it. Maybe yesterday some of you were real eager. It was a beautiful day. Hey, let me get outside and rake up all the leaves in my lawn. And you start and you start making those piles and you get about halfway through the day and now you got 30 piles and you look behind you. Now you got to pick them all up and the football game's coming on and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of this task. Or maybe you've gotten in the car to make a road trip and that first journey you're all excited you're in there you're ready to drive yeah we're going on a road trip and then by the time you get to the border of michigan you're like oh man this thing is old already and you, you run out of you run out of steam that happens we get eager to do stuff and then we run out of steam and that's what paul is talking about here and in this case the corinthian church ran out of steam they ran out of steam and i think maybe that could be true of us as a church as well if we think about Orchard Hill Church, there was a lot of eagerness, a lot of joy that brought the two congregations together, Fairview and Bethany, to come together to, to plant a church here on this hill and say, we want to be a light on this hill for all of Walker. And they, they came together and said, let's build a hub where we can just be the power and presence of Jesus Christ going out. And so first we find that Fairview bought the, bought the property and they built the gathering space and they built uh, some of the classrooms here and they started services and they started ministry on this corner. And then a few years down the line, Bethany Reform joined them. The two churches merged together and they had the same bold vision, let's reach the northwest side of Grand Rapids with the ministry and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a larger sanctuary was built to accommodate uh, the people that they anticipated that would come and worship God. We added, on, uh, we added on classrooms, and there was an addition that was put on at that time, office space, and it was expanded. But then as the ministry continued to percolate in their hearts and in their, their spirits, down the line as is, is, is growth needs occurred, another addition was put on with the gymnasium and with the youth area and with the uh, where the the children's space that we have out here and the music wing behind us and that other addition was put on with anticipation of doing ministry, reaching people. And so they were eager to get after it, eager to get it done. But the problem that occurs as we see what happened in the Corinthian church is that eagerness, right? You have an eagerness at the front end, pretty soon it can wane and dissipate and you kind of get lukewarm and you kind of lose your fervor for it. And that's what the Corinthian church did. And that could happen here at Orchard Hill Church as well. We see that in the life cycle of churches. If you look at this graph, you can see this is the general life cycle of a church. And whether um, you can believe it or not, the life cycle of a church generally is 30 years. 
That's the life cycle of a church because you begin your ministry where you launch, you got that momentum for growth, you're strategically growing, you're going after things, you're impassioned, you're eager to do it, and then you got some health going. And here's the ministry. That takes about 30 years when you get there and you're sustaining that health. But then what happens? You lose your eager willingness. You lose your fervor. You lose your passion. You start settling in. We just start doing the same old, same old, and it becomes a habit. And so what you see pretty soon is what we get is we just start maintaining things. And then after we maintain things, we're just sort of holding on. We're trying to preserve after a while. And then there's this long period which sometimes goes through where churches can live on life support. And generally that depends on how long they can continue to raise money to sustain it. We've seen here, just in, in our classes, uh, in the time that I've been here, there's been three churches that have closed in the last 16 years that I've been here because of this life cycle in churches. I know my wife is at a church with, where preschool, where hers is, and that church has been struggling, I would say, on life support. And uh, they're facing some of those things because you lose that momentum. You lose that eager willingness to do it to get after it, to remember who Jesus is, to remember the joy of your salvation, to remember your mission, which is to go and, and reach people. Remember that the harvest is plentiful, and we lose that, and we settle in. And so Paul addresses that, that here, and here at Orchard Hill, we began to address that in 2019. We had just, uh, we were on the cusp of being together for 25 years. And so we looked and we said, how can we change the trajectory? And at that point uh, where we're here, we need to change the trajectory so we can keep going forward in ministry and not go over the hill and head on down. And so we thought about it and we wrestled with that and, and we looked at ways that we could, could, could put uh, practices in motion so that we here, who are now 25 years after the, the formation of Orchard Hill Church, who are on the backside, that we could match with our efforts the eager willingness that took place when those early pioneers came here and built this church and, and look at this land and so something great could happen here. So now how could we who are here 25 years later get the momentum going and be eager to get it done? And to do that, we thought there were four, four areas that we needed to focus on. And the first area was this. We felt that we needed to pray we needed to pray, and our goal was to pray for 10 minutes, and we asked everybody, when will you, when will you pray together? Why was that a, a one that we put out there? Because we think that was one of the most important things, because we are in a spiritual battle. We're about God's work, which is spiritual work, spiritual activity. We can't transform lives. We can't uh, see the kingdom of God manifested against the powers of evil without God's power and presence in it. And so we're doing God's kingdom work. And in order for his kingdom to break into this world, we need to be people who pray. The scriptures tell us in 1 Thessalonians that we are to pray without ceasing. John, James 5.16 reminds us that the prayers of God's people are powerful and effective. How about that? They're powerful and effective, which tells us that's our work. That we pray, we intercede, we, go, we, we do the work of prayer so that the power of God can be unleashed, so that his kingdom can be brought here in this world. And Col Colossians 4, 2 tells us to devote yourselves to prayer. 
Not dabble in it. We talked about that before. Not dabble in it here and there. Devote. Be committed to it. Why? Because that's how the church will grow. That's how transformation will happen. That's how addictions are broken. That's how the ministry of God happens is through prayer. And so gratefully, we had 92 people who stepped up and said, we'll pray. We'll pray for 10 minutes a day for this church. Now, did they pray? That's a hard one to quantify, isn't it? Did they pray? How, how would we know if people pray? Well, I, when I was reading through the book of Acts, it kept talking about the church kept praying and praying and praying and praying, and as a result of their prayer, what happened? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So it seems to me that if we are people who are praying, who are living prayer in our lives, we're praying for this church and ourselves and for other people, we're going to see the Holy Spirit unleashed. So then I asked myself three years later, can I say that we have more of the presence of the Holy Spirit here in the life of Orchard Hill? I'd say yes. I'd say yes. I'd say life transformation. We heard a good testimony this morning from Brittany of life transformation. Who does that? The Holy Spirit. I've seen people's lives changed here. I've seen marriages restored. I've seen addictions freed. I've seen passion for Jesus grow. That's all through the Holy Spirit. And I think it's because we've been a praying church. We're not a church that prays. We're a church that is of prayer. That's a different thing. That we're committed to praying. We just don't have our token prayer times. And so I see more people coming forward at the end of the service embracing opportunities to pray for one another. I see prayers happening in the lobby. I see prayers from our worship team and our elders before the service praying. I see our small groups praying for one another. I just see it all over the place of this church and I'm so grateful for that because that's our number one thing that we need to do as a church. That's our work to pray. And so I say, well done, Orchard Hill. I think now we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to pray. So have you been have you been praying? And when will you pray? The second thing that we, we put on our list was that we would raise up a hundred leaders. We would raise up a hundred leaders. Why? Because ministry happens through people, right? It happens through people. We are the hands and feet of God. If, if there's going to be a presence of Jesus Christ in the world, where is it going to come from? It's going to come from his people. And so in order for the ministry to go out, we need people to step up and go out to be the leaders because the limit of what this church can do is only held down by the amount of people who continue to sit in the pews and not contribute. So we were trying to move people from being just consumers sitting in the pews to being contributors because we believe and we know, as I've said many times, that God has given everybody in this church a gift. He's given them a gift. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, we have gifts, and he goes on, if you have this gift, if you have this gift, if you have this, this gift, then his response is, then do it. Then do it. Peter talks about it. He says, each has a gift. If you have this gift, and you have this gift, and you have this gift, he says, use it. That's the command from the scriptures. And we get so focused on other, other sins and other disobediences, but how many of us are sitting on our gifts? And can you imagine when the day comes that all 300 people here say, I'm going to use my gift. See, God resources this church. Everything God wants this church to do, he's already blessed this church with. And it makes me sad to think some of us are sitting on that gift because God wants to unleash your gift 
into this community. He wants to unleash your gift into this world so that his kingdom can be transformed. That's why we thought we needed to raise up leaders. And we're going to continue to push on that. Gratefully, we had 72 members who said that they would step up. I'll step into new levels of leadership. Again, another one that's difficult to quantify. Next time I'll do a campaign, I'll pick things I can actually figure out. <laughs> How do we know if we have these leaders? Well, I look around and, I mean, I just saw like two weeks ago, we had 120 people come forward and say, I'm committed to going all in and following Jesus Christ. That's leaders that are stepping up. We have 18 adults who have stepped up, new to lead small groups. We have nine who have stepped into the Safe Families Ministry. We have 20 new people who, since that time, have gone on the mission trips in the spring. We have six, six adults who have stepped up last Christmas to meet and greet uh, the families that were coming in for their Christmas gifts and sharing the gospel with them. We have new youth and new children's ministry leaders. Our boards are peppered with new elders and with new deacons. Our arts camp continues to be led every summer by faithful leaders who are loving on our, on our children. We have at least three right now uh, uh, young adults that are being trained for, if you will, professional ministry. I see leaders stepping up around Orchard Hill in the ministry expanding. And it's not something to celebrate that, oh yeah, we're growing, but it's the, it's the presence of God that is growing in and through this church, doing things that I can't even think or imagine of. We need leaders. And so I say again, well done, Orchard Hill. We're stepping up. We're hearing the voice of God. We're living into our calling to not just sit on our hands, but to get out there and to go with our feet and be the presence of Jesus in this world. We also set a goal to reach a thousand people with the good news. A thousand people with the good news. Asking who, who's the one that you're gonna share with? And, and I, always, I always struggled with this because I thought this was way too low, right? A thousand people, think about that. That means over three years, a thousand people, that's 300 people a year roughly, or I'm doing easy math here. That means each of us would have to reach one person every year. One person every year. That seems like a way too low bar for me. Yet we know that 30% of the Christian community, according to Barner Research, believes that they don't have any responsibility whatsoever to share the good news. A third of us believe when Jesus says, go and be my witness, we're like, well, that's not for me. Sorry, Jesus. We know that only 11% live with intentionality to live out and share their faith with intentionality. So then when we set a thousand conversations, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty high bar for us. And if we could have a thousand conversations, we should see some, some fruit for that. And so I think that was a good uh, bar for us to set because remember in Romans 10, Paul asked this question. He said in Romans 10, 13, he said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? We need people who go out and tell the good news and share the good news. We always like to say, well, I'm showing with my actions, right? It's my life. They can look and see. We need to tell the gospel 
again, read the book of Acts. What did they do? They witnessed, witnessed, witnessed. They always told about Jesus Christ who was risen from the dead. It's their, their witness. So have we done it? Again, third goal. Have we had a thousand conversations with people? I don't know. I mean, we try to light the candle when we, <laughs> when we uh, lead somebody to step across the line of faith. That gets lit periodically. I mean, I'd love to have that candle lit every week. But not all of our conversations translate into somebody stepping across the line of faith. As I said this morning, there were prayers and conversations going on for seven years. That's up to God. But we did have 115 people say they would do that, which is a beautiful thing. And I don't know, I, I see on we had the Live to Tell board out there. There was over 80 names on there that we said we wanted to reach out to. We've had 30 people from this church go out at least three times into our neighborhood, knocking on doors, telling them about Orchard Hill and having deep faith conversations. We've had 40 new students attending our, our youth ministry who have come because a student in the youth ministry invited them and told them about Jesus to come. Every summer we have a presence down in the motel where we're in that parking lot sharing Jesus Christ. We give out Christmas gifts to 28 families and every one of them hear about Jesus Christ. We've had 21 people trained in classes with Pastor Laura on sharing their faith and in gospel fluency. And in last spring, we tweaked what we offered for our Easter event to present the gospel in a clear and compelling way. And so we offered the Jelly Bean Trail, and over 400 people came through there and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through that Jelly Bean Trail. This year, we're starting a program called Alpha, which is for us to invite our non-Christian friends and to have dinner and sit down in conversation. And so I think this is growing. I think it's increasing. I think it's on our hearts and it's on our minds. And, and I think we're prepared to share the hope that was within us. I, again, I say, well done, Orchard Hill. I'm seeing fruit of, of, I don't have one person that I run into here at Orchard Hill that would say, no, I don't want to tell anybody about Jesus. Because it's like, I want to tell them. I do want to tell them. But sometimes we let the enemy just kind of squash us down a little bit. I think it's growing. Does it need to continue to grow? Amen. Yes, it does. But we're reaching a thousand people for Jesus Christ. Our last goal was this to raise a million dollars to eliminate uh, our building debt. And we asked the question what could you, you give? Ministry happens through finances and, and through resources. And we believe that God had given us a beautiful facility here to work in and through and to be a place where people can come and meet Jesus Christ. And so as we looked at our facility and we still saw that we had a debt remaining, we said, can we, get, can we get rid of that debt so we can free up the debt resources to now go into other ministry and kingdom building resources? We're not going to ask you to quit giving a million dollars. We're going to ask you to keep giving a million dollars, but now we're going to pour it into some other kingdom building activities. So do not stop your giving, right? Because we are all stewards, right? It's not your money. It's God has given it to you. Whatever you have, God has placed into your hands. Steward is kind of an old word, but that's a manager. Uh, so God places these resources in your hands and says, I want you to manage it to use for my kingdom. And so your first use should be, I have these resources. How can I use it to grow God's kingdom? So we want to encourage you to continue to give. And we try very hard and to be very faithful with every gift that is given, knowing somebody tied this, somebody gave sacrificially. How can we best use this for ministry? 
And so we asked people to give a million dollars. To be fair, I, I, I fudged that number a little high because at the time our debt was $910,000, but it didn't go with 10, 100, 1,000. I needed a million. A million went good. And then we were also looking because we have a facility that needs to be maintained. So if we reached a million dollars, we would be able to pay off our facility and we'd be able to update everything that we needed to do so it was in prime shape. Because over those 30 years, we didn't want it to, to decline. We didn't want to be done paying for it and just have a rusty, empty, leaky shelf of a building. The good news is through this campaign, we've been able to take care of the needs. We've been able to remodel. We've been able to put in new furnaces. We've been able to fix our roof. We've been able to redo the gathering space. We've been able to work on all our handlers and HVAC systems. We've been able to keep investing into our building and raising this at the same time. So there's a lot of generosity going on here at Orchard Hill. But again, I believe that if we're about the work of God, God will resource his work. And he does it through the generosity of his people. And I think as we get to know God, God's heart and we realize how generous God is towards us, we become very generous towards others. And not only are we giving towards what's going on here in the building, but the way that we've been able to support missions and missionaries and, and help our brother Jacob out and, and, and also uh, be able to invest in the kingdom activities of God. That's all continued through this time. So a lot of resources have, have gone into this. Just by way, for those who are new here, you may not know, Fairview Church moved to this site in 1979. And they built a, a, the gathering space right there in the children's area. They began ministry there. In 1994, there was a merger that took place between Fairview Church and Bethany Reformed Church, and they became Orchard Hill Church. That's part of our story. And then in 1996, together, they built the sanctuary and other office spaces for uh, $2.6 million. And there was, there was a $1.4 million loan that was taken out. So at the front end of that, almost over a million dollars was raised and only a $1.4 million loan. In 2004, there was a vision for expanding the ministry here. At that point, there was only 350000 left on the balance uh, as people were very faithful at getting after that. So a new loan was taken out, a $3 million loan was taken out, paid off that balance, and we built a gathering, um, built the youth and the children's wing. We uh, redid um, the gym, we built the gymnasium, we, the music area behind me, the children's wing, uh, all of that uh, was, was new. And so we, at that time, had a 30-year mortgage <coughs> to pay off this, this debt of $3 million. In 2019, we were halfway through the 30-year mortgage. And that's when we asked the question, can we just pay this thing off and get her done? So can we raise a million dollars? Well, we didn't know COVID was coming. We didn't know job losses were coming. We didn't know inflation was coming. Uh, we didn't see any of that coming, but could that amount still be raised by Orchard Hill? Could we check the final box and say, we got her done? Let's take a look. Here's our handy-dandy thermometer to show us if we got her done. Ha <laughs> ha! 
got her done. We are debt free. We are debt free. And I know those who have had the longest journey here feel that weight of that, the release of that more than some others who are new here. Uh, but it is a beautiful feeling. And so I think at this point, there's only one thing that uh, we're, we're going to run over this morning, so just buckle up. Um, there's one thing that we need to do this morning, and that is that we need to uh, burn the mortgage. We need to burn the mortgage. So uh, we're going to burn the mortgage. Maybe the, the praise team and band can come up. Um, we're going to burn this mortgage. And there were some who were on the original team. I don't know if they're here this morning, uh, just because of life. Um, but I, I believe, and if my memory's wrong, you guys can just shout out and correct me. Um, but if you're here this morning, I'd like you to come join me on the original team. I think John Bolhouse was on the original team, and uh, maybe Tom Jasper was on the team, and uh, Ron Van Houten was on that original team, and I think Judy Vanderswart and Gary Stehauer. I think those are all the names that I have. And uh, so if you're here, I want you to come up and join me. Ron, are you going to be able to make it up here? I can have your wife carry my wife carry you up. How about my daughter help you up? There we go. There are these moments where you need to, where we need to pause and and uh, look back. And um, John and Ron, maybe you can come up here a minute with me. Now we got to come down another step. We're just going to do you in this morning, Ron. Um, I don't know. Uh, John, maybe you have a word of what it, when you were on that first team and you're putting this together and then you got to see the building built. I just don't know if you have any reflections on this journey that you'd like to share. And it's always dangerous for me to ask you to, <laughs> to speak. Well, it's been a long run. Uh, you think back of when we merged and everything that's gone on since that time, it's uh, pretty amazing, really. Uh, where we're, we're sitting right here, this was lawn, this was grass, and the lobby that we use as a lobby was where we drove up, and everything was back that way, which was existing from the Fairview Church. And so when Bethany and Fairview merged, we decided to take the monies that we came over with Bethany Fairview had just paid off their debt back at that time. It was pretty cool. We put two congregations together. We raised some money. We were able to put this sanctuary on and everything back this way. And as Bob has mentioned a couple times already this morning, how we've added different chunks through the years. But paying off that kind of money, you know, you look at what our government's spending today and how crazy money is, but a million dollars is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so even to pay it off in three years like we just did is pretty amazing. It's not an easy task. But the Lord surrounded us with his love. He touched all of us to give whatever you could give based on what you've been given and 
and what you could give to yourself and to your church. And so it's a testament to everybody, whether you gave a dollar, or gave you ten dollars, a hundred, a thousand, or whatever the amount was, you had a chance to step up and be a part of this. And so it's something that's going to be ongoing, we hopefully forever, till the good Lord comes. So it's a pretty awesome thing that has just been happening right now, today. And it's not just about the money. Bob talked also about all the different things that we also looked at, about bringing more memberships in and reaching out to this community and to the West Michigan and to the world. So it's a pretty awesome thing that's been going on here for some time. I'm going to say this a little bit off the subject, but it's also great to have Bob Carroll here as our pastor, don't you think? Wait a minute, I, we, we were set that up, that was supposed to be a hunter. Yeah, well, that's all I got left. <laughs> no, but obviously having a great leadership, along with Greg and many others that have been on our staff throughout the years, there's been so many that I don't kind of try to remember them all, but it takes a staff to make this home, and it's great to have what we have here and know that you can come and be serviced by them whatever you need, whether it's prayer, whether it's coming to visit you, or whatever it is, it's pretty awesome. So Bob, your lovely bride, Amy, and everybody, it's pretty cool. So well, you're, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to serve, and, and we just try to lead, right? And we got so many people around us and our governing boards for all these years. The people are setting vision and direction, and, and like John said, it's been a, a community effort because, as Paul said in that scripture, you give, be eagerly to give and do what you can according to what you have. And we've seen this take place because people have given uh, sacrificial gifts. And some of those maybe look small, but they were big. And so we appreciate all those gifts and uh, all those who lead. Ron, do you have any words that you'd like to say? When we built this project, I was the chairman of the finance committee, and that's why I have gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> We started out with a project that they wanted to do about a $6 million project first, and we had a fund drive, and we had a commitment to go up to $500,000, so we immediately changed our thoughts and rescheduled the project to about $3.5 million, and the Lord blessed us, and we kept going on here and making some additions as we went along, and thank the good Lord that we're now paid in full. We had a mortgage of about $3 million at one time. And we had a high interest rate. We finally refinanced over it with the Reformed Church of America at about a 4% mortgage, I think it was 4%. Mm -hmm. yep. And so that's, that's done now. So I thank the Lord for the blessing that, the, that he exposed upon, given to us on this Orchard Hill Church. And we thank you very much for your commitment to us. Do I dare put you in charge of fire, John? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's your mortgage, We might need more fire. 
it doesn't want to burn. God for all of that. And fortunately, we don't have to look back and say, remember that day we paid off the mortgage and we burnt it and then the sprinklers wrecked the entire thing? <laughs> Hate for that to be a legacy. Uh, what a great day. I hope uh, the celebration, but, but we know we talked about get her done. Uh, we really don't, we really haven't got it done, have we? Uh, because we're here and we live our presence here in this world. Uh, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and to, to bring the kingdom of God into this world. Uh, and we continue as his church to do that mission until Jesus Christ comes again. And so that's who we are. And so uh, we, don't, we don't have it done yet. We're going to continue to move forward. And so I would continue to put those same questions in front of you. When will you pray? Yep, when will you pray? How are you gonna step up and serve and use your gift? Who are you gonna share with in this very day? And what can you give as a steward so that the ministry of God can continue uh, in and through the life of Orchard Hill Church? It is a blessing to be a part of this community and I love uh, all of your passion for being about the purposes of God. And I just look forward now as we're in a new era, in a new season to seeing what God is gonna do in and through this church because God tells us he can do more than we can even possibly think or imagine. And that's going to be sweet to be able to celebrate that. So people of God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you his peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to remind you that we are having trunk or treat uh, happening tomorrow. So uh, if you could give some candy, and maybe after the service, we're going to be setting up some tables. If you could help with that, please uh, do that. Take the next five minutes to get to know somebody that you don't know. And if you're in need of prayer, we'll be right up here uh, to encourage and pray with you. So have a great week, everyone.